0: Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. You're in the right place. This is business of design. We're not talking theory today. We are talking nuts and bolts, how to get the most out of your P&L, how to look at it three different ways so you get a close-up view, a bird's eye view, and all the views in between, And as you know, this is a topic that is very important to us at Business of Design, often overlooked and essential. And in fact, in the last year, we have added two new programs, that's multiple videos, multiple courses, but two new programs to speak to you specifically about this exact topic, how to get financially literate, really. The first program is called Business of Design Money Mindset, Expertise and Value, and this is going to explore your backstory, your narrative, all the things you've made up about money, and it's going to help you realize what you're good at, why your expertise is valuable, and specifically what clients are going to gain from hiring you. The second program is for those who are really hungry for financial literacy, and that is called salary, revenue, profit, and wealth. These are all geared around key metrics, which allow you to verify, not with a feeling or a hunch, but with data that your business is on the right track and not on life support like mine was for so many years. I have to tell you, though, one of the saddest things we see at Business of Design regularly since we launched in 2004 is that design professional who is supremely talented. Uh, They always show up to events, and they're always there to commiserate and empathize, and they really are in the right place. This is their community. But year after year after year, they can't find time to implement all the strategies and tools they know they need. They see others implementing them with success, but they just can't get it done. And that's really heartbreaking. Now, some of you like me are all about action. And so it's important, you know, which actions to take because I was busy taking action, but taking the wrong actions. So that's no good either. For those of you who are going to love this episode, and I know that's many of you, those two programs would be essential for you. And then for those of you who want assistance, who want motivation, who want accountability as you implement, I strongly recommend you get yourself into a business of design boss group. Get your application in ASAP, the next group, is launching soon. I believe there is one spot, maybe two spots available, and one of those spots has your name on it. I'm sure of it. In this episode, you are going to meet Danielle Hayden from Kickstart Accounting, and she's going to remind you, maybe, maybe you know this, she's going to remind you of the significance of making time to put your eyeballs on the state of your business. If you've been a longtime member of Business of Design, you know this, but we all need reminders because we get busy and we get sidetracked. I'm speaking for myself, you know that, but perhaps some of you can relate. Danielle has firsthand experience with all kinds of entrepreneurs who need help managing the financial end of their business. And let's face it, without the financial end of your business, you don't have a business. Danielle's talk was so interesting and so vitally important. We invited her back for a second conversation. So, this first conversation is going to be about. Three different ways you can look at your p and and gain new information, that profit and loss statement, and how you can slice and dice it several ways so you get a full picture of your business and its financial health. The second conversation we're going to have with Danielle in a few weeks from now is about how to grow independent wealth. And if it's not something you're thinking about yet, I hope it's something you'll start thinking about as of today. Let me quickly tell you about Danielle Hayden. She says she is a reformed corporate CFO who is on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers. Why do we need that? So we can have the confidence we need to create a thriving business. And that means sustainable profits. You can find Danielle on Instagram at Kickstart Accounting or on Facebook at Kickstart Accounting Inc. Or even better, you can find Danielle at Business of Design. We'll keep all the resources you need on the website. Go to businessofdesign.com and look in the show notes, and you can read more about Danielle and her company. So, if you are looking for a podcast that will help you create the business you deserve and desire, you're in the right place. But if you are looking for a true crime murder podcast, <laughs> no, no, that's not what we do. However, if you DM me, I will hook you up with some recommendations. I just listened to an episode of Criminal and it was epically good. Wow, such a good show. Not as good as this, but a really good show nonetheless. Let's check in with someone who's always in the right place, and that's Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations at Business of Design.
1: Hey, Kimberly.
0: Cheryl, that was a very official welcome. Tell us what's happening at Business of Design.
1: Well, we are one week away from our Flat Fee Project's three-hour virtual seminar, so registration is still open for that. Uh, If you're up for some designer math, we're going to walk through how to calculate a profitable flat fee and really understand what you're making off each and every project. Uh, we're also going to go through the key policies that you need to have in your contract in order to support having a profitable flat fee. Of course, the the flat fee projects you still run those through your BOD 15-step project management strategy. The overall process is the same, but there are some key differences when you are running um, a flat fee versus hourly project, and we're going to go through those. So that's Tuesday, June 28th. 4 p.m. EST. It is a different time than we usually do uh, a lot of our webinars. We really want to make sure that, you know, as many of our members can attend as possible. And while it's super early in the morning, it does make it possible for some of our members in Australia to join. So please check that out on the website. And then, of course, we're still talking about BOD Boss. And if you're interested in joining our group, uh, there are only a couple of spots left. Information is on the website, the outline for that. Of course, reach out to me if you've got any questions and get your applications in. We are still reviewing them and making decisions as we go. Um, But we're really excited about this next group. So again, uh, limited spaces are available if you're interested. Please reach out. Let us know if you're even thinking about filling out that application. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. You can reach out to me, Cheryl, at businessfdesign.com or head to the website for details on either of those. Thanks so much.
2: preferred pricing and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At business of design, we think designers matter too.
0: Danielle, great to see you where are you at today? Uh, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Very nice. Very nice. I love this topic idea. I love the idea that you're going to talk to interior design professionals about how to manage their investments, how to know if an investment is worthwhile, but I'm going to ask you to take a couple steps back when we start. and First, tell us what are some of the key milestones we should be tracking in order to determine uh, if we have any money left over to invest anyway?
3: oh that's a good one yes um, we're we have to know what we can invest before we start investing good um, so um, you yeah, there's some very basic key reports that I want every single interior designer to be looking at on a monthly basis um, you should be receiving from your bookkeeper a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement. And we actually like to run the profit and loss statement in like three or four different ways so that we're analyzing all of the numbers. But when you look at your profit and loss statement, you should be able to look at some key metrics. Yes, there's revenue. However, I find that to be a vanity metric. Um, the, the real uh, information there is net profit, right? So our sales minus our cost of goods sold, which would leave us our profit. Um, So if we are not operating at a minimum of 30% profitability then we need to take a pause and we do not have room for investment right we need to be looking at that go ahead
0: okay no I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this right off the top because I hear this a lot like um, you know a, a designer who says well I'm operating at like 25 percent or 30 percent and so I'm not gonna raise my fees because I'm already hitting the number so that is not in any way. Look at your face. That's not meant to be the maximum you're allowed by the universe to earn, but that's like kind of now you're in the game if you've hit that 30% bar. And if you're working from home, which a lot of interior design professionals have a home office, they don't have a lot of overhead, you should be blowing past that 30% margin pretty darn quickly.
3: Yeah. I, I appreciate that you said that. Yes. Um, does that... Not- that does not mean that that is your limit. I just this is your floor, right? This is where right. you need to
0: be. Well, a lot of a lot of times in interior design classes, the business class, they will tell you to add up all your overhead, and then you determine your fee by calculating how to hit that target of thirty percent or whatever. To me, that's insane because I'm smart and I haven't got a vanity office. I have to limit what I can make. That doesn't make any sense.
3: No, but I think that's a starting point. Okay. So I appreciate the calculation, and I do I do speak on that quite a bit. Uh, that that a lot of times in our interior design clients will say to us, "I don't even know where to start." Right? I am using the prices of maybe somebody local, and I'm I'm charging what the market can bear, um, rather than coming at like deciding on your pricing because it is the right price for your business.
0: Okay. I hear you. So good information. That's the floor. And sometimes those calculations can be helpful to just tell you how to get in the game.
3: Yes, exactly. Okay, We need to have a a way to start with data and and to be able to start making better business decisions. Um, So calculating your overhead and um, for anybody who doesn't understand what overhead means, that is all of your operating expenses that you have in order to operate your business. So this is any of the contractors, vendors that you're paying, the subscriptions that you need in order to be able to run your your business, any employees, your payroll. Um, this does not include your cost of goods sold, right? This is all of the, the expenses to actually operate your business. And then we need to add on our cost of goods sold and our profit.
0: Okay. So key metrics, but you said you like to look at the profit and loss statement in three different ways.
3: Yes. So when we send our clients their financial statements, our clients get them in, in a few different um, a few different views, I like to call it. Um, so it is the profit and loss compared to prior year. Mm-hmm. So this is the year to date PL compared to the previous period. Usually it's the previous year. And this is really important because we can start to see trends over time where am I making money where am I spending money what what changed right yeah if I start to see that I don't have as much cash in the bank this year the profit and loss will help me see where am I spending money differently compared to last year
0: yeah or like why are my design fees so much lower this year when I'm so busy what's going on
3: Right, exactly. It, it can it's a starting point to be able to look into what's changed. Um the other one that also helps you see the changes over time is the p and l by month. And we look at that with our clients over the last twelve to eighteen months, depending on the client. And this is important because you can start to see seasonality in your in your business. You can start to see the revenue trends and the expense trends. Uh, a lot of a lot of clients will say to us, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you sent me that report. I totally forgot that I have a giant insurance payment coming up in in two months. And had I not been looking backwards, I wouldn't have been able to see forward. Uh, Or another one is slow seasons, right? Because we all have slow seasons in our business. And starting to recognize that you have a slow season, you can plan for that. So whether that be taking your downtime or changing how you're handling a slow season you'll start to be able to see that not with your gut not with your feelings but with
1: the data
0: yeah every august i will have a panic and say to my team like well obviously no one's ever hiring us again the phone's not ringing you know and we live in toronto and people are enjoying the cottage in august they're not booking consultations come september they're out of their minds and it gets crazy again but in august it's like crickets
3: yeah i actually, I think that it's very common in the um, entrepreneurship world. Summer seems to really slow down for a lot of our our clients. So it is something to, you know, we've, we've heard from our clients. I used to freak out, right? Like you are. Um, And I used to spend the entire time sitting behind my desk, twiddling my thumbs, just, just panicking. And instead, now that you once you've recognized that slow season, that, that time, that opportunity, then you can start to maybe plan your own trips or your own downtime.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Get out of the office if you can, for sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the third, um, and this is my favorite report, um, is the uh, income statement uh, as a percentage of of income. Um, Again, this is going to show you the income statement. So all the numbers are the same, right? They're all going to tell you the same profit, net net income, net loss. However, it's the way that you can use them. So when we work with our clients, we really encourage our clients to step back and start to look at their business at a high level, right? You are in the day-to-day weeds enough. When you're looking at your numbers, you need to pull back as the CEO. You need to pull back and look at things at a higher level. And by looking at these reports in this way, rather than being in QuickBooks entering every single transaction, being able to look at the reports allows you to say, "All right, what is the thirty thousand foot view? What am I seeing? Where? What directions? What? What? Um, what and can trends. I see differently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want you to see things a little bit differently. So the the percentage of income lists out um, where you're spending money." As a percentage of your sales. And this is a really interesting report. Because again, you can see how much money, how much, not just in dollars, but in the percentage of your income are going to contractors mm. or employees or subscriptions.
0: Right. Which is really helpful information at the end of every single year when every employee will come to you and say, it's time for a raise. You'll actually be able to say, Oh, well, compared to, you know, I either need to raise our fees, increase our profit margin so I can meet that demand or something's out of whack here and I have to rein it in if I'm going to have if I'm going to have a business that's going to thrive for any length of time.
3: Yeah. So all three of these reports are still going to bring you to the net income or net loss and that's how we're going to know whether or not we have space to be able to invest in our business. If we are operating at a net loss, we have major challenges. We need to start this is this is you know, sirens are going off, fire alarms, we need to figure out what's going on. And then there's a combination between reducing our spending or uh, raising our prices. And third option is just recognizing the season of your business. We have uh, a lot of our interior design clients who are ramping up their business will have seasons of investment, right? So maybe you're coming out of a season of investment where maybe you redid your website or, you put more money into advertising and marketing. Maybe you ran a, a paid, ad, paid uh, advertising campaign. Uh, you joined a coaching program, right? You, you, you invested in training you or your staff members. And so you're coming out of a season of investment. So this year, possibly you're taking a loss. So recognizing that you're in that season, deciding what changes you're going to make so that you can become a profitable business again, and then reinvest again once you've become profitable.
0: And when when you initially when we started talking and I was mentioning investment, I was thinking you would purely take retained earnings and invest that money so your business can grow and thrive in a in a you know, in, in terms of creating independent wealth, let's say. But you also mean investment in, as you said, seminars, training, um, a new software program, updating the computers, et cetera, et cetera. So this is really about budgeting then, isn't it?
3: Yeah, this is a version of, of budgeting. It's a version of that. Um, however, we hear with a lot of our clients, they use the term investment, right? They're reinvesting into their business or they're reinvesting into themselves. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that I don't have to pay myself, right? I don't have to create wealth. I don't have to do these other things because I'm I'm okay with always using these funds to reinvest in the business. And so they're always operating at a loss because they're always investing in the business. So this is where I want us to create a pause and say, let's pause on investing, create the profits, and then invest the profits as as we move forward, right? We plan the investments as we move forward. When you When I use the word budget or <laughs> projections, people shut down. Yeah. So if we can start to think about it as investing our profits with a plan, with thoughts. Okay.
0: Pause. So, but it's hard to make that distinction then between an investment of a marketing campaign and an investment in independent wealth, as I want to, you know, get ready to retire or whatever. Um, so for our purposes, then let's focus on where do you need to be at in order to remove money from your business and put it away somewhere, invest it and begin to grow that wealth that will one day allow you to not do what you do every single day?
3: Yeah. Um, I don't think there should be a number that we wait for. You should be investing into your personal wealth at all times in your business from day one. Um, I think one of the things that we see far too often with our clients is that we wait until the time is right for everything. And um, we forego investing in our own retirements. We forego purchasing uh, in the stock market or investing in um, in the stocks or maybe our, our own IRAs. So um, from day one, when we are setting our fees, when we are understanding what our overhead costs are, that is built into our overhead because you are an employee of your business and you should be contributing to your retirement from day one, and that should be part of your operating your operating costs.
0: So even if you're a relatively new business and you're investing in things like marketing and uh, growth and new computers and all those things, it still makes sense for you to hold back a portion of that. Don't spend it all. Hold back something to pull outside of the business and begin to grow wealth. And that's going to wrap up this conversation with Danielle, but she's coming back in a few weeks. So look for that conversation as well. Invest in you. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. If you like this topic, again, a couple of new programs for you to check out salary, revenue, profit, and wealth, and money mindset, expertise, and value. The feedback has been great from the business of design members who have taken those courses already. We hope you will join us. Stay well, and I look forward to seeing you next time.
2: Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.